0: Hey, welcome. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is LaCrosse Talk PM on Wisdom. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. You can join us on the air using the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608-785-7914-785-7914. Also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at com. All those means you can use to get in touch with us here in the studio. But uh, feel free to use the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608 785 79147857914 we have a uh i'm going to talk with Julie McDermott here in just a couple of minutes we uh she is the uh, director of the uh i don't think that's, that's actually not her title i don't remember what her title is she's a project manager i think is what it's called for Lacrosse Crosse collaborative to end homelessness and uh, they just picked up a an award from the Wisconsin Hospital Association and we're getting news today that um the uh, a state uh, interactive or not interactive it's a state uh, agency to end homelessness is kind of using the model that the lacrosse collaborative has used to end homelessness uh, throughout the state so kind of exciting and kind of uh, um, this I, this notion that you could actually end homelessness is um, it's pretty cool that that the concept and we'll talk with Julie and see how um, how they're doing and what her anticipation is of uh, of a national, not only a, a state initiative, but a national initiative to do that very same thing. So we'll talk with her in just a couple minutes here. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you'd like to join us here on the air, seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. I um, I was having a conversation with my uh, my wife today about Cast Street because we <laughs> I had another uh, another wonderful uh, um, experience. I'm not going to go wonderful on you. But we had another experience of, of one of those situations that I had uh, predicted would uh, would occur, um, and that is uh, the uh, uh, people who are not familiar with, with bump outs or curb extensions or whatever you want to call them, uh, uh, driving down um, Cast Street and then sensing that the, that the sidewalk was too close and so swerving out into the opposite lane of traffic. I watched it happen today. It's just the weirdest thing. It's it, it's a psychological thing I think that people have about um uh I it, it, you 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 feel like that the curb is too close to you so you have to get away from it. And um my wife said could they not have made those maybe 3 quarters of the size that they are? Cuz not only do you have that problem with the um uh, the bike lanes dead ending at the, uh, the the bump house, but you also have that issue with uh, you know vehicles getting to a point where the sidewalk is jutting out into the road and then instinctively you're steering away from that sidewalk. I don't, don't, and, and you, once you get used to it, it's not an issue, but if you are not used to it, it's almost like you can't avoid doing it. Well, some people can't avoid doing it psychologically. It's kind of like going to, getting to a roundabout for the first time, which I, I see on a regular basis. People will come to the roundabout and stop because they're unsure and they're not clear of what you're, really should be doing and they're waiting to see if traffic will come so um she asked me what i thought would be would be done about uh those and whether they'd be changed and i don't still don't think they will but i think we're going to keep seeing examples of what i've predicted will come to pass and that's cur- cars swerving out of traffic and bicycles doing the same thing all right uh as promised julie mcdermott with Lacrosse Collaborative to End Homelessness is on the phone with us right now, Julie, and I, I appreciate you uh, joining us on such short notice. Uh, thanks so much, Julie. You are the remind me. You, you are the. Do I call you the project manager for La Crosse Collaborative to End Homelessness, or is there something else?
1: Yep. No, that's okay. it.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on. Thanks so much. And uh, interesting things because uh, um, first of all, you've collected an award from Wisconsin Hospital Association recognizing your efforts uh, as a collaborative to end homelessness. But also, we get word today that the Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin uh um uh interagency council on homelessness is is basically offering up a plan that really closely resembles what the La Crosse collaborative has been doing uh and that is finding housing first essentially with some other you know with some case management and things like that uh, first of all tell me give me give me the rundown how how has the La Crosse collaborative been doing uh in the last few months since I think since the last time we talked <laughs>
1: Um, We've been doing great. We've been working on a lot of different projects. One of our biggest projects that we're working on is prevention. And, of course, if you've heard anything about the Wisconsin Interagency Council on Homelessness, their plan that was released today, it's called A Hand in a Home, um, there is a focus on prevention. So, yes, there's a lot in that Interagency Council on Homelessness, their, their plan, that is... I wouldn't say they modeled it after us, but definitely we're very proud of the fact that almost every key piece of that plan we're already doing in lacrosse. We're already ahead of the game with with the strategies.
0: Is is it one of those things where, where you've proven that this can actually work to a certain extent?
1: Um I think so i think there's a I think there's a lot in it um you know, like you said, there's a focus on strengthening case management, which is something we've been doing here. We've been very focused on case conferencing, working together as a community, so rather than each agency doing their own case management and and handling you know. Different people's uh, issues within their own little siloed agency. Um, we're looking at it um, community wide. So, and we've had a lot of success with that. We're able to house people faster and more sustainably when we have everybody in the community um, chipping in.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um,
0: are, are there lingering challenges that maybe weren't anticipated, or things that that are really sticky wickets?
1: Um, I think we still, we continue to have issues. It's still always hard for us to find landlords to work with. Our folks, even when we get them connected to case management and programming, still struggle with making that transition out of homelessness um, into housing. And um, I think we've been on the radio before and talking about, um, folks who are inviting their friends into their units, mm-hmm. and it's causing trouble on properties and so there's always this sort of never-ending battle of um, trying to get landlords to work with us on that but I think if uh, you know all the parties stick it out it's pretty successful. So,
0: Do you have challenges with those who aren't necessarily eager perhaps to even be helped?
1: Um, we do have folks out there that um, struggle a little little bit. I rarely find an individual who says straight up that I don't want housing, I want to be homeless, I want to live on my own. Um, Nine times out of ten, when you talk to somebody and you engage them in further conversation, it's not about not wanting a home. It's about not wanting whatever trauma was associated with that last home. So whatever it was, you know, maybe it's a family, a history of family trauma, or maybe they were evicted or they lost their house. Housing, they're feeling insecure about it. It's more about not wanting to deal with that, or having housing and potentially losing it, than about not wanting um, a home.
0: LaCrosse Crosse uh, Collaborative to End Homelessness. Julie McDermott is who we're talking to. Julie, what is your feeling for how this works as a model for a coordinated state effort? I mean, doing it in a local community is one thing. Uh, doing it on a statewide basis, I just can't even imagine the moving parts there.
1: Well, I think the yes, I think there's a, definitely a lot to coordinating a statewide effort, but it is up to the individual communities to take the initiative and to apply the different strategies that the Interagency Council is putting forward in the plan. To do that on their local level, which is something we are already doing here. So they're keep pieces to the plan, like working with your local public housing authorities to advocate for them to give a preference um, to people who are transitioning out of homelessness, Um, putting the emphasis on uh, the case management services. These are all things that we have to do at a very local level. The state can coordinate to a certain degree, maybe help us find some additional funding um, for the professional development of our case managers, but it's up to us to coordinate it on a local level, make it work for us.
0: I'm wondering. Uh, you know, we, I've had this experience. I've had callers have this experience where we see someone who's clearly doesn't is living outside, and uh, we actually we've seen a few even recently with the weather as we've had. And um, and I know that I, a, a lot of the people that you deal with are or that you work with um, live. I, 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 how to say this? Off the grid, I guess they're not terribly well connected. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you find them? How do you approach them? How do you how do you reach out to them to see if they, if they need some help?
1: So we have an outreach team that's something that the collaborative identified um, when it first started working um, together as a collaborative (laughs) around uh, veteran homelessness and chronic homelessness. Our community identified that we had a need for an outreach team for people who were solely dedicated to going out there and meeting people on the streets and getting them connected to resources. So after I started my position a little over a year ago, I immediately began to the recruiting process for an outreach team. We did have a wonderful outreach team. We unfortunately lost them um, to go on to to other jobs right now, but we're looking to re-recruit some new folks, but that's how we... Um, go out there and offer services. So when you see somebody on the street, um, we want you to be able to connect to us at the collaborative, so that we can get some outreach workers out there to get them assessed for our programs, maybe connect them to existing resources, um, and get them into shelter and off the street.
0: Julie McDermott, La Crosse Collaborative to end homelessness. I'm wondering, uh, speaking of getting off the street, I mean there would have there. It seems to me there would be a, a heightened sense of urgency. Uh, Now that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's cold now. It's, it's like, these are wintertime temperatures. Um, Again, we're still seeing people outside. I would imagine there's, there, there's got to be a heightened sense of urgency there.
1: Oh, always. Um, you know, I think everybody gets a little comfortable over the summer. I mean, even with the higher temps in the summer, we can, you know, people don't feel the greatest when it's super high heat, but absolutely, when it gets colder, um, definitely everything becomes more urgent, and I know our warming center has been um, quite full here in La Crosse. Um Salvation Army is, is quite full, um, So, but we, we all do recognize, especially this year, with the temperatures being much colder, much earlier, um, the urgency of the situation.
0: And last thing, I'm just I'm wondering from a sense of that you have as as the the project manager here, uh, do you do you have a sense that at some point you'll be able to um, say, well, that's it, folks, looks like we've done it, or or is this? I mean, you know, I right, ideally, that's what would be the case. You would be out of a job, and that would be the that would be the end goal. I, but I, I get That's sense what I of, tell people all the time. Is is my, okay. job,
1: my job is to work myself out of a job, and um, that is to get us to – we will probably never see the end of homelessness. People will probably always end up becoming homeless um, because of situations with their jobs or, you know, their lives. But our focus uh, is getting to what we call functional zero, which is – once somebody becomes homeless, we can get them back into housing within thirty days. So we do we we would like to see that happen within the next five years is to get us to functional zero on people becoming homeless. And part of our a major part of our strategy is also focusing on prevention in our community, so stemming that that flow into homeless, keeping people in their housing so we don't have as big a job when they become homeless of finding them new housing. (laughs) But we do hope for it within the next five years. I'm very hopeful about losing a job i
0: guess okay <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard anyone say that um
1: <laughs> and, and and i guess i'm I, okay with it if okay it, if I, the I, result I, is that we can get people back into housing every 30 days i'd be happy to find another job
0: all right fair enough uh it is in the spirit of uh what, what we're we're uh what's called giving tuesday i suppose i suppose you wouldn't mind if if uh, people would uh uh, send a couple dollars your way either, right? Sure, okay. absolutely. <laughs> okay. uh,
1: you know, we're, we're putting a lot of money into our prevention program and our staffing, such as the the outreach team that I just spoke of. So, yes, please. <laughs> All right.
0: Julie, thank you so much for your time. I really I, I appreciate it.
1: No problem. All right. Thanks for having yeah, me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bye now. Julie McDermott is the project manager for the Lacrosse Collaborative to end homelessness. Uh, they're doing... Tremendous work, and a lot of it, and, uh, and probably endless as well. Um, but uh, serving as not necessarily the model, but certainly as an example for how a, a collaborative that like that can help to alleviate, if not end, homelessness in certain communities. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center. Talk a text line. More to come stick around. Cross Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening, this hour, brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. 608 785 7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in either way. You get in on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Again, 608 785 7914 is that number. Just talked to Julie McDermott, uh, the project manager for the La Crosse Collaborative to End Homelessness. And as, as she mentioned, maybe not the model necessarily. For, um, for a statewide initiative to do the same thing, but certainly an example of how that whole thing works or can work uh, for a community, individual community. She did say it's up to the community to take the initiative, though, which I think is an important part of that. But interesting, and, and, and as, I, as I'm going home last night, and I'm trying to think of what the name of this church is again. Um, hmm. it's, by the, it's by the post office in downtown La Crosse. It's like the, I want to say Cornerstone? cornerstone church or something like I don't know but there's there's people camped out outside on the sidewalk there and i mean when i went home i don't know it's i can't 20 degrees 18 degrees something like that and i'm you know they're they're they have clearly not received the memo about where where to go when it's cold or or something i i don't know and um it just it made me think about um really how far we probably always have to go in relation to that potential for homelessness at any given time, and Julie again with the lacrosse collaborative to end homelessness on with us just a little while ago did acknowledge that we're probably not going to end homelessness completely, uh, because situations change, people go through crises. It's it happens, right? It just happens, and if it hasn't happened to you, be grateful and um, know that. In some way, you're making good choices. In some way, you're just not the victim of circumstance. Because there's a little bit of both there. That's, I think, fair to say that part of homelessness is choice in terms of life choices. Part of homelessness is, is the... Um, and we all, we all know about um, substance abuse, mental health problems, all of that. Uh, part of it is things that are outside of your control, frankly. And that's for, for a lot of people... Who maybe are trying to escape a, a domestic uh, you know abusive relationship or some other kind of thing and I you know everybody's got a different story but it is um, yeah it's just, it's a tremendous you know a tremendous effort I think to, to, to undertake as we've mentioned several times um, but it's it just it's so unlikely this concept of ending homelessness I was immediately skeptical when when they when the when this group started i don't know whatever it was two years ago I was immediately skeptical and said, there "Ain't no way, You're not ending homelessness, not going to happen." You know this idea, this concept that you can you can get uh, veterans off the street. Okay, yeah, all right, maybe I'm, I might be with you there. I mean, go identify the veterans, get them off the street. You're not going to get everybody off the street, but they've been doing they've been doing what I didn't think they could do. They're finding homes for people, and they're they're managing you know they're managing the difficulties like their mental health issues and their their substance abuse issues, and they're managing the things that the the, the things that they're struggling with, and they're touching base with them, and they're doing all the things that you have to do to to make it somehow work over time. It, it, it is worthwhile to note, however, that this is not a possible thing. This is not something that you can achieve without that, I think they call it case management, case management but without touching base with those people that you find homes for. You can't just open up doors and say, go live there, see you later because that clearly does not work for any number of reasons. And as she talked, uh, Julie talked about some of them. How you know, some people just aren't that, that I don't want to live in a home because the last place, last time I lived in a home, some awful thing happened to me. That thing. That's a real, that's a real trauma that we couldn't possibly imagine. Most of us, interesting conversation, interesting things that they're doing and continue to do at the lacrosse collaborative to end homelessness. Uh, they don't, they don't use a ton of, Uh, resources in the community uh, to do it but uh, certainly you know if we um, I guess if if they can if they can achieve those goals I mean that's that's pretty amazing but also kind of cool that 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 is used as an example of how uh, some of these efforts can work. All right, uh, your calls and comments now at 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. We'll also check in with the newsroom. But first, this word about Mr. Electric. Uh, I know for certain that it's not always easy to tell when you need to tackle some of the electrical issues in your home. And sometimes you don't know that there's a danger lurking in the walls until something happens and that could be something as simple as tripping a breaker for no apparent reason or something like a I don't know like a buzzing light fixture or uh, you know one of those situations where the outlet doesn't work or you're not quite sure if it's smoking or something along those lines all can be signs that you have some sort of issue sometimes you won't know it at all until something I don't know, really bad might happen, and we want to avoid that. That's why you should do what I did and call Mr. Electric. So I I wanted to fix a couple things in my house uh, that really needed addressing, and um, what wound up happening is that the electrician came out, gave us that free safety inspection and breakdown and itemized everything and identified issues that we needed to deal with along with the things that I called them out there for, and it was great to have... Uh, the electrician walk us through all these n- repairs and then uh, give us an idea of exactly what sort of work they'd be doing. Uh, it was just it was a great way to conduct that whole process and I really learned actually a lot about my house that I didn't even know. Um, so it was it was really great for us and I highly recommend that as Part of your process to help you identify perhaps some needed changes in your house in terms of your electrical system. I really can't recommend them enough for you. Um, that's Mr. Electric, expert electrical service at Mr. Electric. All right, LaCrosse Talk PM and WYZMI, Mitch 608 785 7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, that's the Better Hearing Center Talk Text Line, 785 7914. Uh, you can also reach me through Facebook or Twitter. Send me an email, mitch at wisdomnews dot six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Once again, is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line I'm talking to Julie McDermott from Lacrosse Collaborative and homelessness. It's interesting. I, I got um, an email uh, just the other day, as a matter of fact, about homeless and why uh, if in relation to um, this was in relation to one of our stories about uh, joblessness, and I think that uh, Lacrosse. Is at an all-time low now for the job across county. I think is at an all-time low for jobless rate. I think it's at two point two percent or something like that. Which seems like virtually it's that's not that's with, I mean within the <laughs> range of here. I think everybody just has a job that wants a job. But and so the question was why are people still homeless if there are if there um, if the uh, unemployment rate is so low? And I, I would say that the two aren't necessarily don't necessarily connected, depending you know, how you, how you look at or who we're talking about in terms of homelessness. Uh, a lot of, I I was reminded not that long ago that a lot of the people who are homeless actually do have jobs and they're homeless and working, uh, and they, they simply are not, uh, you know, they, they, they can't afford to live, um, in a home (laughs) with, with what they're making. Now, and that could be any number of reasons, right? Like, so you don't have the necessary skills to work in a job that is, a, that is supporting for yourself. Um, there's personal choices involved there. There's all sorts of reasons for that. But it is um, it is interesting, though, that we continue to be have lingering issues with homelessness and those types of things, despite the fact that we do have a, what it, by all accounts is, for now anyway, um, a solid economy. Now, whether that you know, you started to read the tea leaves now, and it's—I I don't want to scare anyone. <laughs> and I remember I was one of the last people to say where you know I was trying to—I uh, was trying to maintain, remain, or uh, maintain some positivity in 2007, when you could clearly see that the that the uh, the the uh, the wheels were falling off, and I was trying to maintain some positivity and encourage everyone to do the same, and it didn't work. Um, and it was just it was simply the, the greatest recession. Uh, um, uh, so I, 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 I'm trying to not be overly negative this time, but we are we are go, running into the situation where things are starting to stack up, and you're starting to see some economic indicators where we're definitely heading for some sort of economic slowdown of some kind. Whether that goes, you know, goes into the full two quarters of of, of negative growth, or whether we are you know, it's simply a little bit of a less growth and, you know, jobless rate ticks up and that kind of, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, what does GM have to, you know, what, with the layoffs at GM, what does that portend? What is the soft investment market for the U.S. Treasuries that we're hearing about? What does all that mean? I think it It seems like it means that we're we're starting to work our way towards a situation where we're not in the same level of prosperity, but... The question about homelessness, but also we had a story yesterday, or this morning, I think, about, and you can find it on wisdomnews.com, about how now we're very close to half of the students in La Crosse School District qualify for free and reduced lunch. Not only do they qualify, no, nearly half are on free and reduced lunch. There's a bunch of kids who qualify that, who don't get signed up. And that is amazing. That's an amazing thing. How can, it, at one point, you have in the, in the in the city of La Crosse, it's like 25 something like that, unemployment, or 2.4%. So, you know, high demand for labor, and yet the poverty rate is clearly so extraordinary such that half of the kids qualify for free and reduced lunch. What's behind all that? 608-785-7914. All right, let's go to the phones. What do we have here? Eric? All right, let's go to Eric first. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on.
3: Yeah, so at the risk of sounding critical, just to to kind of back up on uh, the the lady that was from the... uh um, coalition and homelessness. Um, a good question that I'm, that I've always been curious about. And, and I've heard this from reputable sources is that some of the homeless people are attracted to this area because of the programs. Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of a factor, you know, does, do they take into account? And, and, I'm not trying to be critical. I mean, no. that's like a, a, a serious question. I mean, I I'd be curious to know. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. in the same argument, this go a little off the beaten path, but like the uh, giving people clean places to do drugs. I mean, I mean, is it? I mean, I know you're not encouraging homelessness, mm-hmm. but are you um, encouraging? Again, I'm not.
0: <laughs> well, what's your well, Eric? What's your guess on that? What do you think is the most likely uh, thing there? Does it make does because I I think that you have a, a sense for what you think that the answer might be. What what do you think it is? Sure.
3: Well, like for instance, like uh, I'm just making a guess, but like Winona does not have, you know, the programs like we do. So, so or, or other areas, you know, you're 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 filtering people you know, to lacrosse, and we're having to deal with those with those issues. And, again, I don't want to sound, you know, like terse, but uh, I don't know what the answer is. Sure, I guess. Okay. I, I'd be curious. I'd be curious. I guess the, the main question, the main reason I'm asking that question is, do, do they take that into consideration when, you know, when they're um, coming up with numbers and, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that?
0: Yeah, I would think that that would have to be. You know, I don't know if there's like a homelessness underground or something, but I would think that if there is a sense, and I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be glib here. I just don't know how, how right. they, how okay, news right, gets right. around. You know, we're told it does, but we, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Uh, I would imagine, uh, if, if you, if you know of a place, and this, these would be chronically homeless people. If you know of a place where you can be left alone, you can live outside, and you can have a, uh, you know, um, you can get services uh, you can get food that kind of thing that's going to be more attractive than a place that's openly hostile right if it's oh, yeah. At yeah. the Perfect. same by the same token if you if you are if it's a place where you can do all of that and it's warmer, you want to go there because you don't definitely don't want to go to a place where you're going to freeze to death in the wintertime so there's I, I would think that in that sense Portland is way more attractive than Lacrosse. and Lacrosse is probably yeah. more attractive than Sparta. Because uh right. you know, chances are you're not gonna get there's not a there's not a collaborative to end homelessness in Sparta at this point. So yeah, I think Correct. to that to that extent, Eric, yeah, I I think there's probably something to that. I don't know if it's a- a- attracting people in the same way that you know we like to think that you're you know, people are people go to some place because there's a lot of um uh opportunities for outdoor recreation, but it, it, I, there's got to be something to that, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, I don't. I but but so the other
0: question is, Eric, is that do you then not offer the services because there's a possibility that more people will come to use them?
3: Yeah, no, and and that's. I mean that when when those questions get asked, I mean people people that really support that program immediately go to that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, absolutely not. I think I mean overall, it's a good intention, but I, I think a lot of times you have to at least. Try to anticipate the unintended consequences. Right, and yeah. with, it, it, with that, I mean, with that program, I think, I mean, I think the the good outweighs the unintended consequences. I mean, and you know me, I'm all about not I'm not using taxpayer dollars, you know, for sure. yep. for stuff. But I mean, I, I mean, I think that 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 may be quantifiable, right. um, you know, to say, okay, well, these people are costing. You know, costing more being on the street with mm-hmm. uh, you know police officer time and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know the answer. I'm not sure how, how I feel. But that would have been a good question to ask. Yeah, is, yeah absolutely. I, I, I absolutely
0: agree. No, that is a really, really good question. And those are an interesting uh, line of questions. Appreciate the call. Thanks so much. And whether that is in fact quantifiable, I think it's really, uh, um, you know, it's really, it, it, it makes you think. It really does. Because you wonder to what extent is the investment in those services what what amount of dollar do you reach is the amount that brings in a, additional homeless if that is in fact occurring I think it's a great question I think it's a really good question I appreciate the call thanks so much Eric I'm sorry I didn't ask it I'm sorry I didn't ask that it reminds me of uh, back in the day Marilyn Wigdahl who uh, was a city council member when when a Let's see, It was. I think it was the first time that the warming center, how did this work? They were looking, they were wanting, they requested a permit from the city, and I can't remember exactly how this went. But her argument was precisely that. And we, boy, we just, we railed on her for that. And her comment was essentially, you know, something about, we, do we want those people, uh, you know, coming here? More of those people. And her argument was that a warming center because it, it created a respite from the cold, would do exactly that. It would be an attraction for other homeless people. Your thoughts, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, that's the Better Hearing Center Talk. It's X-Line. We've got number three. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on.
4: How's it going, pal? Good,
0: good. good. Thanks for well.
4: Uh, spent about a week with a fourth cousin of mine, who is a retired minister from Seattle, Washington. Seattle's got approximately twelve to 20,000 homeless people. They don't know for sure, okay? Right. So four churches went together and bought a building, remodeled it for 300 people, spent a couple million dollars. First night, 600 people showed up. Hmm. Wow. Okay?
2: Yeah.
4: Out of them 600 that showed up, They asked some of these people where they were from. 30% were from Oregon, not even from Seattle. Uh So there shows you how they're moving in, doesn't it? From other places.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're different states. They probably offer, you know, there may be different things that they can get in one state as opposed to another. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it it could be just preference. Anyway,
4: now it's so bad out there, Mitch. The part of the town that this place is in... Yep has gone bad. Okay. People are living in trailer houses right in the streets, right in the main streets of Sur- around Seattle. Huh. Buying trailer houses, old beat-up ones, parking yeah. them on a the street yeah. in front of people's houses. Huh. Well, I, that's how bad it is in Seattle. I, I, I,
0: I did not I did not see that the last time I was out there, but that was, okay, well, this, of, that this was last year.
4: And he was one of the promoters for it. Yeah. He says it ain't going to work.
0: I, well, part Life of, church. part of yeah, and so just, I mean, as an aside, part of the issue with Seattle is that it's now the most expensive place in America to live. It's the most expensive right. city in America to live in. So it's right. in terms of rent. So it's, it's not, I think the median, if I want to I believe the median rent, if I have this right, uh, and I, I, I'm going to fudge this number, so I don't think I will, but it is, you know, it's more expensive to live in Seattle than it is to live in New York. It's, that's what he said, right. So it's, it's, that's one of the problems they're running into. You've got, you've got a big city, You've got people, and um, you know people. A lot of those people, some of those people, uh, that that are not, that don't have homes are actually working in Seattle. Yeah. It's, it's it's they have a difficult situation out there. There's no question. I mean, it's part but, of. You
5: know,
4: you're just talking. We we talked this a year ago. Uh, West Salem, home and Sparta don't have these problems because those people are coming here because it's nicer here, right? And I, I just wonder sometimes who's paying for all this,
0: right? Well, yes, and...
4: You and I are paying for a lot of it, aren't we?
0: Well, I think...
3: If they don't I'll, have a I'll, job or yeah. have any money... I,
0: I think taxpayers generally foot the bill for any services provided, yes, related yeah. to homelessness. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But in general, and, and to, you know, whether it's West Salem, Holman, frankly, don't, don't have anything. There's, there's nope. nothing there for to, to help alleviate any kind of homelessness. There's only one place to go in this area, and that's to the City of La Crosse. Cross was, offers you know, it's service. a
4: bad thing to say, but when I was 14, 15 years old, 60-some years ago, yeah. we didn't have a homeless problem. People went left for down south because it was cold here.
0: Well, yeah, I mean...
4: We had a few people <laughs> that might be down on Pearl Street or something years right. ago, right? but eventually they it got too cold for them. They went, too.
0: And, and I... Right. And I, I understand it, that. It's
4: a bad thing to say, but, I mean, it, you know, it, that's the way it is. Okay. That's all I got to say. Thank you.
0: I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. I think that that is definitely, for me, if I were the one that was trying to figure out what to do with myself in cold weather and struggling about where, I think I would probably find a way south as well. It might be hard to do. It's a long way. 608-785-7914, if you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Uh, I was talking about, uh, so one of the, I don't know if it's an irony necessarily, but it does seem to be a conflicting bit of information that while we are told that we're in this economic boom, we also have just received news from Lacrosse School District that now nearly half of the students qualify for free or reduced lunch, or free or reduced meals, so that's breakfast and lunch. Nearly half? In the city of La Crosse. That just seems... That doesn't seem like that should be real. So, along with this homelessness issue that the Lacrosse Collaborative continues to tackle, there is also uh, something that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense. That while there is a labor shortage, while there are apparently more jobs than people, there half the population who have children, <laughs> half of the child population anyway, qualify for free reduced meals. That doesn't mean they're all living in poverty, by the way. You can be out of poverty and still qualify for free and reduced by a long shot. But it does seem like a contradiction, doesn't it? And and lacrosse, by the way, is, uh, I think, as a city, it has, I want to say, the fourth lowest unemployment rate among all metropolitan areas in the state of Wisconsin. Or the second, maybe. Second, even. That's pretty darn good. So if that is, in fact, the case, then what, what's behind that? What's behind all of the students who qualify for free or reduced meals? Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We'll go to Chris next. Chris, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on.
6: Hey, thanks. Yep. Um I don't know the answer to all the problems here, but uh, some things come to mind. I mean, um, everything goes up except wages. I mean, rent goes up. It's like everybody looks at the papers who everybody else is charging and then charge that or more, mm-hmm. and wages just stay the same. It's hard to uh, hard to make rent unless you have a More than one person going out of place, or or something happens to break uh, to break that um, dichotomy. Mm -hmm. Also, if you look, if you're downtown and you look at the second floor or over, how much of that space is occupied? I mean, there's so much empty space downtown. I mean, I don't I don't know the answer, like I said, but there's people needing space to be, and there's all this empty space, and there's this you'd you'd think there'd be some connection between the two some somehow uh building owners. Maybe make certain rooms available, a floor available. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe have a county health worker have an office on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um just you know, a place to be out of the cold, I don't know. And maybe <laughs> have available certain options for folks who aren't necessarily in their right mind. You uh-huh. Are- said a thing earlier that uh that uh uh, chemical dependency isn't a choice. I I beg to differ. There's probably you know maybe five percent that um, don't have uh, uh, a good choice about it. This is such an uh, easy way out for them, maybe, or way they grow up, or who knows what. I don't have the answers, but I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's a choice um, for the most part. Doesn't make it easier and it doesn't answer the question or solve the problem. But there's so much empty space. I mean, if you look at the uh, upper floors of any building downtown, it's all empty, empty, empty. And um, you think there'd be some bridge between the two, bridge bridge between the gap of the, the people who need a space or could use the space. Um, and um, and the space that seems to be not available but could be if, um, Certain uh, things happened.
0: Sure. Okay. All right. So, so all um, they so all that is required is additional space.
6: Um, that's part of it, and some um, it. Okay. And some available help of some kind. I don't know.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, I got to leave it there, Chris. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Your thoughts? 608 785 7914. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. All right. The Crosstalk PM and WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608 785 7914 is the Better Hearing Center talking Text Line. That's how you can reach us here on the air. 608 785 7914. You can also send me messages through Facebook or Twitter or uh, email Mitch at com. But again, the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line is 608 785 7914. talking about. The seeming contradiction of the news that we've uh, just reported, you can find that story on wisdomnews.com, that nearly half of the students in the La Crosse School District now qualify for meals. That would be breakfast and lunch. Breakfast or lunch. Yes, either. Uh, nearly half. And there's six hundred, something like that, students in the La Crosse School District. So nearly half qualify for free, free and reduced meals. And as we talked to Julie McDermott with La Crosse Collaborative to End Homelessness last hour and identified that homelessness continues to be an issue and will continue to be an issue, that those two bits of information, in contrast to what is seen as a pretty much a booming economy, not only nationally, but statewide and locally, the lowest sustained unemployment rates ever, ever, People do are sending me some questions on the Better Hearing Center talk and Text Line in relation to uh, the free and reduced lunch uh, story uh, that I mentioned, uh, is including some uh, questions about eligibility. I will get to those because I, I think it's important to uh, talk about how it is that you know how do you actually qualify for free and reduced meals, and it's not it's not poverty; it's one hundred eighty five percent of poverty. So it's kind of the same guideline as. Oh, what else is in there? I think I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, food stamps is the same. 85%. percent. We gotta look that one up. I'm not entirely sure, but I think um, food stamps actually is a really good example. Another really good example of a seeming contradiction: a government service that is more and more utilized, despite the fact that we have what we're told repeatedly is a booming economy with everybody working, a labor shortage, more people than jobs. More jobs than people, you know what i 'm talking about. How are those things? How can all of those things be going on at once? Your thoughts on that 608-785-7914. 785-7914. so yesterday i I said that that we didn't have it was we had snowless two days ahead, and then I woke up to flurries this morning, so don 't listen to me, I guess. When it comes to, uh, if you if you want to get the exact weather, I might not be your best source. However, I am telling you what the National Weather Service is telling me, so I don't know. At any rate, down, another cold wind tonight down to 15 degrees, 29 tomorrow with a slight chance of snow tomorrow, and then more snow and a wintry mix into mix rather into Wednesday night and Wednesday as well. Yes, we're talking ice, ice, baby. That means... No two-wheeled Mitch on the road. <laughs> but then, heading for a high of 41 on Friday. It's 22 on the Talk PM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come stick around. Talk PM and WIZ. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center. Talk a text line. Call in or text in. Either way you get in. 608-785-7914. Also on Facebook and Twitter, you can send me an email. Mitch at wisdomnews.com. On our website, wisdomnews.com. You will find the story uh, about new uh, numbers from the La Crosse School District finding that it's, it, I say nearly 50%, I mean it is. It's actually 47%. 47% of students are eligible for free and reduced meals in the school district of La Crosse now, which is, um, you know, a really high number, basically. But I think it was one school that um, I think they're up to 76%. 76% of the students are eligible for free and reduced meals. A number of questions from listeners, by the way, on this one. And, uh, and I I pose the question about how this how this looks like a contradiction in the face of what we're told is you know I say that what we're is, because I hear from people over and over again who talk about how yeah that may that may be great but my wages aren't going up I'm not making any more money and some people are some people are doing well and there's certainly there's hiring going on I mean there's all kinds of hiring going on uh, I you know it is also true that there are. Some of those who, some of those who are, we talked about homelessness earlier with Julie McDermott, the project manager with La Crosse Collaborative to end homelessness. Some of the people who are homeless are also working. In fact, uh, I was told the other day that uh, the uh, m- most of of them are working. I don't know if that's true. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. In relation to uh, the free and reduced meals, I had a question about qualification. It is one hundred eighty five percent of fe- federal poverty levels to qualify for free and reduced uh, meals. 185% of uh, four, in, and it's, that's in the 48 contiguous states as well as District of Columbia and Guam. And so for a family of four, say, and this is how I say that it's not, you know, it's, it's important to note that this is not, again, it's not people living in poverty. It's people who are living above the poverty line as set by the, as determined by the federal government. But, um, uh, but still qualify. So, a family of four, we're talking an annual income of forty six thousand dollars. So that means that you've got half of the children in the Little Cross School District are in families where, if it's a family of four, the the wage that the total family income is forty six thousand dollars, which indicates to me that that not. People aren't making a ton of money. 608-785-7914. We'll go to the phones. Carl's on. Carl, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on.
5: Yeah. Um, the, the the There's incentives uh, in that, you know, it's kind of like where the fake news comes from. Um, there's incentives for the school district to get more people to qualify for um, uh, lunches. Because that's used in uh, other uh, more money that they can get, and this mm-hmm. is what's so bad about you know socialism or the socialized education system, is it it fudges the numbers, you know, the old adage that figures don't lie but liars can figure, mm-hmm. and uh, and when you look at most of the socialized cities like Chicago and uh, you know out there in Oregon um, you know, San Francisco, um, they're not coming here because they're coming there for the socialized programs, which is, you know, the war on poverty was a disaster. Um, you know, Chicago is an absolute disaster. It's a war zone. Um, and, uh, and that's a way that they can control the people and keep them down
0: through a a war zone. Wait,
5: how do they keep them down? Well, a war zone is an opportunity.
0: Oh, an opportunity. Every disaster okay. is an
5: opportunity. I, I'm wondering... Um, and, uh, there there are a lot of wars that have been started by, by socialists.
0: So, when you're saying fudging the numbers, I mean, these are federal guidelines that school districts use to qualify students, regardless of how many they sign up, they still have to qualify under those federal guidelines.
5: No, they don't. Oh. You you, you think that all of the people qualify? No, it, 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 the and you don't think that our school district doesn't fudge the numbers I can tell you that in the private schools some of the most poorest families that I know mm-hmm. that are more than your four point two whatever um, you know said no to the socialized education system okay and they're not uh, you know taking the government handouts mm-hmm. and they're 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 trying to make means and they're paying sure. for a socialized system, but yet when it's given to them, and you're talking, you know, to send a kid through school, it's $17,000 a year that the taxpayers have to come up with. Uh-huh. Um, I, wait, that's like it, a new car. Can, can,
0: I just want to clarify. So you're saying that the, the school district is defrauding the federal government, or is that it's, I, I'm not entirely sure what you're saying is happening here.
5: Um, I think that there's fraud in the federal government. You've got to be okay. ignorant to think that there isn't. Okay, and when it gets that level, and there's no accountability, even when the liberal mo- media always pronounces, you know how big of a disaster that we have got so many kids that qualify for student lunches. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because they use that number to get federal funding. Okay, the bigger the number gets, the more money they can extort from outside the area.
0: Okay, so there's an incentive then for the school district to commit fraud in order to get more more money.
5: Um. In any socialist system, they fudge the numbers, okay. and you know China fudges the numbers, Russia fudges the numbers, you know. Um, but and this is what everybody tries to look in their favor. But this is what's the beauty of the free enterprise system. Sure, is when a school doesn't create. Still there?
0: Yeah. No. I. Yeah. You know. You. I, I think no. you're on a roll here, Carl.
5: <laughs> um. I the 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 balancing act uh, in a free enterprise system like like the internet where most of the people are getting their educations. Okay. I mean, you you can download how to fix a car, and you know maybe you're not as efficient at as a, as you know some of the shops. But the shops, the businesses are getting taxed to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sears okay. just you know cleaned out. Sure,
0: Sears. Yep. Um,
5: Kmart's are gone. Yep. Um, you know, okay. and, and if we would have Kmart. taxed Kmart yeah. for the building yeah. that they're taxing it for now, right? I think that would have given them a little bit more, a few, maybe they would have been there a year still, more. Still
0: there. Right. Sure. A year more for... I, I got it. All right. Well, world. Carl, look, I, I, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. And, and, um, I, a lot of ground covered there for sure. Um, and this uh, this listener seems to uh, agree with uh, Carl. Uh, income reporting is on the honor system, just a joke. So there's a rampant fraud going on here. Uh, Rick, is that part of our story on the website, by the way?
2: That the school district is yeah,
0: we're, we're, they're acting, they're committing acts of fraud. Did we report on that? Should I mean,
2: we, we didn't quote anyone with the district directly.
0: Can we get somebody? Should we get have? Can we have somebody get on that? And just in terms of making sure that we have that. Uh, that
2: covered as well. Make sure that we report on all fraud. That's. I mean, there. every time we talk to the district, we first question is: Are you guys committing rampant fraud with whatever the you know? Well, that's true. That should cover. That should be. And if they say no, then, then okay. you have to believe them. No, well, I mean tell, we, we don't you truth. know we don't
0: yeah, we don't they don't we shouldn't necessarily believe them. Why? No, they said. They're li- well, they're lying. Carl's, no, Carl. Carl says don't. they have an incentive. There's the they have an incentive to. Commit fraud in order to get more money. So they're fudging the numbers like the rest of the socialized. Then what
2: do they do with whatever. the whatever? Something about Kmart. They just buy luxury buses and um, sweet like mechanical pencils. No, what they're are com- we doing with the money? They they hire more people to commit more fraud. Okay, it's so a, it's and then those people are living self perpetuating system of luxury and.
0: Well, yes, we they're they're living off the backs of all the real people who have real jobs, not the socialists who have communist. But not jobs. just
2: living off the backs, but living off the backs, driving Mercedes Benz and in awesome houses. If you, maybe you multiple I, houses, if
0: you look at all the Mercedes Benz in the city in the in the school district of Lacrosse, well,
2: you just go through the school parking. Lot they're in the school
0: parking lot. That's where they all are. Nobody else, just teachers, can afford those. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four seven eight five seventy nine. We did have some questions about. Uh, okay, how many of those kids come from single parent households? Mm, I bet a few. I would bet uh, a few. Yeah, that's probably probably frequent. Actually, uh, this caller or this listener asks: Could it be that the requirements should be reviewed? Yeah, and primarily, and I, I think this is not exclusive. I I'm don't. I'm not entirely certain, but I believe that these are, this is primarily based on income. And so this, and this is a federal program. Free and reduced is a federal program. So that would have to be reviewed on the federal level. And I don't know what other requirements are there to qualify. I know that if you have food stamps, food stamps or food aid or whatever it is that's administered by the state, food shares, that you, I think that you automatically get enrolled or something. I don't remember exactly how that works. That was a long time ago. I was covering the school, the school beat, if you will, and that sticks in my mind. So I think that that actually does happen. Um, I, I, I mean, I suppose if you, you know, it's kind of like identifying uh, students with mental health issues or or educational uh, challenges or that type of thing. Right, you do that because you uh, have have the potential of the more you identify, the more funding you get. I guess that, which is the theory. I suppose you could, uh, if you if you round up everyone that could possibly qualify for free and reduced lunch, uh, the greater the number, maybe the more aid you qualify for. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you'd like to join us here on the air, number three is back. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on.
4: Like the guy says, the government throw you. percentages they want you to hear. Anyway, I was watching a show on television the other day, Mitch, Mm -hmm. some of these towns where things are really bad, they put everybody on free lunch at the schools because it's less book work. Everybody gets free lunch.
2: Hmm.
4: We got to be where 60% of the people were getting it free, so they figured, well, for what it costs us to do all this and that, everybody gets free lunch, so nobody pays.
0: Yeah. I could see when you get to a certain number or a certain yeah. percentage, that would make more sense. It's just yeah. like
4: that time I told you, my daughter was down at school with the kids down at Southern Bluffs. Okay, A woman was handing out the papers, and she says, what's this for? She says, well, it's to qualify for the free lunch program.
2: Yeah. She
4: says, well, thank you, but no thank you. My husband and I both work. The teacher says, well, take it and fill it out. You'd be surprised how many people qualify. Yeah. Now, to me, if... My or dad can smoke a package of cigarettes at seven eight dollars a day. They shouldn't be getting free lunch.
0: I would tend to. I'm. I think I'll side with you on that. Sure. Okay. I mean, I, I. I think that parents have the ultimate responsibility to make sure the kids are fed. I mean, obviously,
4: I don't want to take. I mean, picking up. But if you go get your hair fixed every week at what twenty five thirty bucks, you a shouldn't hundred. be getting free lunch for your kids.
0: Yeah, and I. I don't know if that's. I mean, we. I. I don't know how well, many mean, people are actually start doing that. Someplace. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many people are getting their their, their hair done every week. That seems excessive. But uh, well,
4: my wife does, gets hers
2: done every two weeks.
0: She does. Yeah, my right. I get I get a my wife my wife cuts my hair every two weeks. Yes, Rick. Wait a minute. His
2: wife gets her hair done every two weeks. Yeah. and we get fried chicken like every yeah we get bumpkins quarterly maybe yeah, I, I don't i, well, it, I feel it's like coming this is, now it's coming the okay. stock market yeah. hasn't
0: been okay. doing very good lately about, have you
2: watched that yeah but
0: your wife is getting her hair done yeah, every two weeks and we're less ha- hair
2: doing and more chicken giving. more chicken yeah less <laughs> hair I'll more
0: chicken i can do
4: maybe she can only get half her side done I, half the hair
0: done i yes i think that that's I mean, how fair. much
2: hair does she have i mean
0: yeah or maybe instead of maybe it's just a, a little bit of a cut and not uh, you know, not the perm or whatever. What if you
2: told her you were going to do your hair every two weeks? Right. How well
0: would I that go over? I
4: every six weeks, whether I need it or not.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you probably look pretty ragged.
4: I just thinning out now. I'm yeah, 75 sure. years old. Totally older. understand. But I'll see if I can find some hush money. For well, that. use
0: that argument. Use that argument that you've got, you know, we, we have potentially hungry radio people that are doing without because so she's yeah, getting need, her hair
2: done. It's the Radio Free Supper Program.
0: Radio Free Supper Program. Exactly. Now
4: I'm going to have to go see a marriage counselor because I think I'm in trouble. <laughs>
2: That'll
4: cost me a hundred dollars an hour. Oh, it's a lot. To... It I don't might qualify a, for it, credit. It's
0: a lot. That's a lot more than a hundred dollars an hour, too. Well, good luck.
4: Maybe I'll go see. I'll go see Father. I haven't talked to him for
0: a while. Yeah, do th- do that. That's that's free. All right. Th- thank well, thank thanks and keep thinking of us. I appreciate it. I'll do that. All right. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. I'd like to hear him actually propose that to his wife. So, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a big, big no. She'd, he'd get a big no on that. All right, 608-785-7914. More to come to cross. This word about Bion Service Center on Jackson Street in La Crosse. Cold outside. Have you noticed? I have. I tell you what, one of the best ways to combat cold when you need to put gas in your car is to go to Bion Service Center and go through their full service lane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is among the great services that I love at Bayon Service Center on Jackson Street and La Crosse, just like the old days. You drive up, someone comes out, they put gas in your car, and you say, oh, by the way, windshield wiper, fluid, can I, can you, because I, and then I don't. Exactly. It is that kind of awesome. And it really does, it is just a little bit more comfortable to hang out in car while somebody takes care of you in the full service lane when it's 10 degrees a little bit more comfortable than uh, doing all that yourself. I mean, it's a little thing, but sometimes little things mean a lot. It's just, it's basically the whole concept behind Bion Service Center because they do a lot of awesome little things that wind up meaning a whole lot. I can tell you that for certainty. That's what I get every time I go there. That's why they're my mechanic for life. And why I tell people all the time, the only place in lacrosse, I'll take my cars for repairs, service, and maintenance. Buy on Service Center. Just go there and tell them Mitch Reynolds sent you. LaCrosse Talk, pm and Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914, 785 Also reach me through Facebook, or Twitter, uh, and send me an email, com. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We have a listener who says that Aquinas schools, not the middle school or high school, but the other schools, so I'm guessing, the, what, what are we talking about, elementary schools? Participate in free and reduced lunch, contrary to what Carl said earlier. Listener says schools can audit applicants. Lacrosse School District audits at random. The parents must then bring in a stub or a W two. Mm. I that is unconfirmed. I do. I know. Um, I don't know how the auditing process works. We're talking about free and reduced lunch in relation to. Um, we have a story on our website at wisdomnews.com dot uh, detailing how the free and reduced rates in Lacrosse have. Gone up now to roughly half of the school district uh, children population. It's a little under that, but uh, still a remarkable number. Uh, it is also, I think, part of the conversation that you know somebody asked should the, the re- income requirements be uh, reconsidered. I guess when it, at the end of the day, and what are you what are you doing? What's your goal with school? I, I guess that's it. You know, like what is what is your what is your primary goal? Is your primary goal to educate children from diverse backgrounds and make sure they all kind of wind up at the end of the day with basically the same outcomes or close to the same outcomes? Is that what your goal is? Is your goal like to have a you know a taxpayer-funded uh, you know babysitting program? I, I don't know what what is your goal, and if your goal is to Educate students so that they are, so you're educating them to highest level that you possibly can. What needs to happen? Well, they got to have enough sleep and they got to have enough food. Now you can't control how much sleep they get because they're at some point you got to send them home, right? (laughs) You can't keep them in the school permanently. I mean, you could, that'd be a little different of a school system, however. So you got to send them home and you can't control how much uh, television or, you know, whatever FaceTime they're getting on whatever screen they're looking at. You can't control that. So you can't control that, and you can't control the, um, the amount of sleep that they get. So those are two very important things. You can't control uh, also the amount of whatever family struggles they're having. So we were talking about homelessness here earlier. What, I think what the last number that I remember was 100, 125, something like that. 100, 125 uh, kids in the La Crosse School District are homeless on any given night. That's a lot a lot of kids you can't control that so as a school district what do you what do you feel like you can do what do you feel like you can control to get the best outcomes possible identify what that is and if that involves feeding them then i guess that's that's part of it you can control that with the help of the federal government which is paying you basically to uh feed the the lower income kids if that is not something that i don't know what what communities are going to make this choice i don't i don't think you have to do that i don't i I could be wrong about that, but I don't, I'm not sure that you have to, but if your goal is to take all of this different varieties of children, put them all in a classroom, crank on the hand crank a little bit and churn out kids who are basically functional on the other side and where they become young adults, which is, I think essentially what the school system is trying to do. You provide them with uh, teaching and you decide whether food is a part of that. You can't, if, if you know, if you're, if that's not your goal, it's not your goal Uh you have kids that, that don't they don't get, like that's food is, is kind of a, it's not necessarily a given at home, okay? I guess it really just depends on your philosophy about what school districts should be doing. Um, Yours is the most unprofessional radio broadcast I've ever endured. That's you, Rick, by the way. I think it's directed towards you. I don't think it is. Hmm. I don't know what evidence this person has about that. Endured, that's, I don't know, that's... It sounds, sounds it sounds painful. Yeah. It's it not sounds speaks, like whoever this speak is speak
2: highly of us.
0: No, that's a that's a painful evaluation. That person is in pain. What was the he's, beginning he's, of the longest? What? It's the most unprofessional radio oh. broadcast I have ever endured. Oh, that sounds yeah. That's about, well, I mean that sounds about right. But using that word "endured" suggests that this person is in agony while he or she is listening. Yeah, that's what we're going for, isn't it? I'm not actually. I'm not trying to get towards agony no. Oh.
2: I've been doing it wrong all this this whole time. Okay,
0: all right. Well, I you can I, I don't mind
2: if you want to go for agony. That's up to you, I guess. Wow, that is a that's a you know pretty, pretty. This person might not listen to a lot of radio programs. He's only got like one example, us. So yeah, it's possible that whoever it is has got. He listens to us and then like Dave and Scrady in the morning. I mean, that could be it. That might be it. So wait, we're less. We are the most. We are more picked, unprofessional than they are, I which I would picked, agree. You should have picked someone else. Yeah, I suppose. I just know those guys are asleep right now, so they are. They're
0: not yes, asleep. they're both in bed, so we don't have to worry about them hearing any of this. Huh? Okay. Is there? How do you think we could make this less less agonizing for this person? Um, background elevator music
2: at all times. Oh, we could try it. I don't
0: know. We or talked earlier about having the vacuum that goes by the studio every day at five o'clock we talked about having that do in we need the studio to be more
2: professional Gosh, is that, the, that, is that the issue here
0: i think so i think what they're suggesting is that we just need to get more professional yeah, we not. would not be able to have a conversation a two-hour conversation about green bean casserole if we were more professional though i don't think that that's possible we need to talk a little softer mm, i don't if know if that oh, all right show. i think after the show we need to um we need to evaluate how we're um how we're causing apparently at least one listener pain by uh through our radio program. What another listener asks, is the agonizing, enduring listener's dial broken? <laughs> I mean, whoever that is must be getting something out of it if uh whoever it is remains uh stuck on this one uh very unprofessional radio program. Uh, back to lunches. Uh one listener says, just raise the tax levy and everybody gets free lunch. I, right? It's kind of like that. Is free and reduced lunch, is that part of the farm bill or is that something? No, I'm thinking of food stamps. Okay. Uh, let's see. 48000 is 13000 above lacrosse median income. Oh, yeah. So household median income, and uh, this is in relation to the qualifying, the federal requirements for qualifying for free and reduced lunch. We're talking about free and reduced lunch because we have a story on our website uh, that finds that La Crosse School District has almost half of the students in the school district are uh, qualified for free and reduced meals now. And uh, it it seems like a contradiction to a certain extent because of what we have in relation to a very low unemployment rate, historically low as a matter of fact, for the La Crosse metropolitan, metropolitan area, for La Crosse County, for the state as a whole. The state as a whole is still breaking records. So it's under, at, at or below 3% for nine consecutive months, which is a record. La Crosse County is at 2.2% for October, which I also believe is a record. Uh, the city of La Crosse is at 2.4%. I mean, there's, they di- divide it up in different ways. But it, at the end of the day, it, this is remarkably historically low unemployment numbers. No question about it. You have an extreme labor shortage. We hear about that often. That's repeated frequently. Extreme labor shortage, you can't find people to work. So juxtapose that against this idea that nearly half of the children in the La Crosse School District qualify for free and reduced lunch. Now, let's be clear. La Crosse School District is not the only one where this is happening. We have uh, numbers that are not great out of uh, Sparta as well. I have to pick those up. Uh, and there's a couple of other school districts in surrounding areas where um, where they have relatively low incomes. but again, this is this seems to be in contradiction with this concept that we have a labor shortage, so sal- salaries should be higher. people should be making more, not qualifying for free or reduced lunch but uh, and, and to address that listeners uh, point about the median income. The median household income for the city of La Crosse, I believe is, I think it's thirty eight something. So I think he's right. It's, it's, I think that's it, thirty. No, I think it's thirty eight something. So that's that's all households, and that's not just a family of four. That's all households. The the federal guideline for a family of four for to qualify for free and reduced meals, reduced because free is lower, but is one hundred eighty five percent of the po- federal poverty guidelines. So, family of four federal poverty guidelines $25,000 a year. 185% of that is $46,000 a year. So, if you're 46 or below for your entire household, you qualify for free and reduced meals, which is, you know, again, it's not a huge, a high bar, but it's remarkable that so many people meet that requirement in what we have, again, is a, an extreme labor shortage. Uh, environments just just amazing yes right
2: what what the the way that it's worded though it just sounds like if you make this much money you're getting a reduced meal like you actually the kids those kids actually get less meal like less food <laughs> like the kids like the the rich kids get you know, a chicken sandwich, you know, a nice dessert, some vegetables, <laughs> a milk, and then the reduced meal kids. They just, just get
0: jello. Getting, yeah. They all get is lime jello. Yeah. They're not even
2: getting that weird green jello thing the that the guy was J- talking about yesterday, and leftover green bean casserole. <laughs> Maybe that's what's going on. And that's why uh, so many kids qualify.
0: That's probably not it. It's probably not it. School's trying to save money. Yeah, they gotta save money somewhere. Gotta save some money somewhere. Man, making lunch for kids back in the day when we did that—that that was like a—that was a daily thing, and it was just—it was such like oh god, we got to make lunches. It was just such a pain in the butt. Like was, sack lunch? Is that what oh, you're yeah. talking about? Like yeah. for your kids? Yeah, them to Or to Were you a lunch lady?
2: No, no, no. My mom was a lunch lady.
0: Oh, she was. Yeah. Now we we're making the. You know, it's weird when you're when you hit that stage when you're. They're making their lunch or eating whatever, whenever they want, because they're, they're taking care of themselves, essentially, like in middle school, and you're, or a late elementary school, basically. That's such a feeling of freedom. But also, like, you're wondering, are they, are they just eating potato chips? Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, all right. If you'd like to read more about that story, again, it's at wisdomnews.com. As uh, all of our stories go to wisdomnews.com. While you're at wisdomnews.com, sign up to be a Wisdom Insider Get the latest headlines delivered to your email inbox daily. That's the Wisdom Insider brought to you by Wafer. This is Wisdom by Mitch Reynolds. LaCrosse Talk PM and Wisdom by Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. Thanks for all of your input. Really appreciate Julie McDermott from LaCrosse Collaborative to End Homelessness joining us for a little while earlier this afternoon. To talk about the work they're doing and uh, becoming an example for the rest of the state to follow, perhaps. Really appreciate her time. As always, uh, thank you so much to the listener who finds uh, for sticking with us, even though we're the most unprofessional uh, radio broadcast radio broadcast he has ever had to endure. That must be excruciating, and uh, Rick apologizes especially. I don't necessarily because I think it's mostly his fault. Uh, our apologies again to Jennifer Schilling. Couldn't quite squeeze her in for an interview this afternoon. Hopefully, we can uh, set something up in the future. Thanks my love to Anna. For Rick Solom, I'm Mitch Reynolds. We'll talk tomorrow right here on Wisdom.